Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go, episode number three of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, here with Max and Jace on a glorious day for all of Cleveland sports, a duel for the ages, as some have been calling it. We're actually talking about the Jake Paul, Tyrone Woodley fight. Uh, <laughs> any picks, guys? <laughs> you know, Peter, um, huge Jake Paul fan. He, he really had a, <laughs> he had a rough upcoming here in Cleveland, so I just hope uh, he can win some money and represent his hometown well. Uh, I, I'm uh, currently watching it, and he's got – just a mixed mash of Cleveland jerseys on. He's got a Odell Beckham, <laughs> LeBron. Uh, I don't even know who else, but he's just got like 30 jerseys on right now. <laughs> I have no comment for the man. I myself grew up in Cleveland and uh, we don't claim him. You know, anybody else out there, you can have him. That is Jake Paul. That is someone else take him off our plate because, you know, I don't know if that man knows how to properly uh, properly represent. So off my plate, please. Something uh, to be noted, though, he does have uh, some orange and brown boxing gloves to represent our number six consensus running back. He's uh, <laughs> repping Nick Chubb and the brownies out there. No, no, Hard. No, it's oh. Nicholas Jamal Chubb. Yeah, <laughs> Nicholas <laughs> Jamal Chubb. That's Just my, sir, sir, Nicholas Jamal Chubb. He, I'll, I'll knight him. All right, Peter. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Without further ado, enough enough joking aside. We are, we take fantasy football very serious here at the so Dynasty serious. Monarchy podcast. Uh, but again, wanted to thank everybody for episode two. Got a lot of great reviews from Reddit, 4chan. A lot of people tuning in, trying to see our podcast grow. A lot of great news. A little bit of a uh, little bit of reviews on Apple Pod. We're we're starting to take off, boys. I'm loving it. Yeah, you no know- doubt. Before we get started, I just want to say something. You know, we on the last episode we shouted out some of our league mates, Alex and Nick C. And we never, we all wanted a trade from Nick C. And he just never gave us that trade. At least I didn't get one. <laughs> Did you guys get one? Nothing, not a. Nah, Nick C. Nick C. Don't like me like that, man. Hey, maybe if you listen to episode three, we can get the Jonathan Taylor trade. I don't even care if it's uh, like Jonathan Taylor for my whole team. I just want to see it. <laughs> yeah, at this point, he's holding out so hard. I, I'd be fine with getting uh, getting hurt a little bit on the trade. Yeah, no doubt. Sometimes uh, you got to pay up for the guys you want, you know. So, Nick C, send them over to the boys, man. Sounds like they're willing to overpay. Yeah, wanted to give a little shout out too to the uh, Dynasty Monarchy League guys, like Armchair, uh, BK, all those guys out there in the Dynasty Monarchy uh, Listeners League. Uh, been mm-hmm. really supportive with the podcast, listening and uh, tuning in, and taking some of our advice as well, picking up some players. Uh, so we shot ourselves in the foot there, but uh, we're going to get into the episode today. So on today's episode, we have reports from around the realm. And then beyond that, our running back rankings, 13 to 24, highly anticipated, had a lot of people text and reach out about who's going to be in there. They're trying to snipe us before, uh, before we release them or stuff like yeah, that, yeah. trying to get it out before our word comes out. Mm-hmm. But Without further ado, we're going to get into the first talking point. So we we received a letter from Jacksonville from one Urban Meyer. Mm. Coach, 
coach Urban Meyer. Remember that mm-hmm. you have to say coach mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. with the sad news of Travis Etienne and his season being fully gone uh, due to that foot break. I'm not a doctor by any stretch of the imagination, but what do you guys think about the way that he broke his foot with uh, the exact point on the body? And do you think he'd be able to come back next year stronger? Yeah, believe it or not, Peter, I'm also not a doctor. Uh, barely, got, <laughs> barely got through college, but I'm here now. So my opinion is that I really think he can come back strong. I mean, the guy was an absolute stud in college. We'll talk about him maybe today. I don't know. We, I don't want to give away our rankings, but oh, oh. I think that uh, I think he can come back strong. And I really do think they're still in good hands with James Robinson. I mean, we, we saw what he could do last year. And I mean, I almost feel like they're in better hands, honestly, so. Yeah, I feel much of the same way. You know, when you look back on the draft, um, Travis Etienne was somewhat of a, a last-second rush pick by Urban Meyer just because of the guy they wanted didn't fall to them. And, you know, they do have a stable backfield. We've seen what James Robinson can do. And, you know, Carlos Hyde might be old, but we'll, we'll see if Urban Meyer can get the best out of him. But, you know, Marquise Brown had this injury uh, heading into last season, I believe, and he recovered just fine, finished really strong to the season. So I don't think this is, you know – like a Cam Akers torn Achilles or anything like that, you know, if you're compete later, um, not this year, just 2022 and beyond, I think this is a good time to buy ETN, especially if you're in uh, PPR leagues. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like ETN. Uh, I've heard the, com- the Camara comparison, try to say that 10 times fast. <laughs> 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 the Camara comparison and I can't do it, but uh, I've heard that comparison and you know what? A lot of people are probably going to try to panic sell because of the the nature of the injury being broken along like the midsection of the foot. It's not like an outer foot injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe just put out a feeler out there, you know, especially if the guy who owns ETN might be in a win now mode or he's kind of caught in the middle, you know, give him a choice. Let him, let him decide his fate, the fate of his team. Absolutely. Uh, moving forward uh, before we get into the second point, I know everybody here at Dynasty Monarchy wants to send a, a prayer or a thought or whatever you'd like down to the people of New Orleans uh, and the Louisiana, Mississippi, you know, Gulf <laughs> Coast area with what's going on with uh, the hurricane coming in. Absolutely. Uh, we did want to send prayers and uh, just make sure that everybody's OK to any of our listeners that are down there, especially our, our southern brethren uh, that live down there. But our news comes from the South, comes from New Orleans specifically. Congratulations, Jameis Winston. The crab legs, they're going to start paying for themselves. You're not going to have to steal them anymore. You're the starting quarterback. Yeah, you know, famous Jameis, whatever you want to call him, he is a starting quarterback. And I I love the choice. I think he's looked sharp in preseason. I think that the dude, I mean, he obviously wants the job if he's going out and getting LASIK surgery on his eyes and fixing his eyesight. And you see him doing these wacky dances before the game. Like you can tell Eat he the puts dub. in the for sure. Eat the and dub, Max. I dude, Peter, I'm gonna be eating so many dubs this year, especially on you. But beside the point, I mean, you could tell the work he puts in, and I feel like people kind of wrote him off too soon. I mean, he was a number one pick, and we just kind of forgot about what he did. So I'm, I really think he can lead the Saints to a playoffs, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel much of the same way. You know, I, I really didn't have much of an opinion between Jameis and Taysom. I think they both, I don't know. I, I don't know how much they bring to the table just because of the wide receiver core being so depleted. And 
you know, I think if James is going to be the starting quarterback, I hope he's the starting quarterback when Michael Thomas is around, because I think that's the most extreme impact for the team. Um, but yeah, I'm happy for the man. He's worked really hard. And, you know, if you check on Twitter, if, if you follow me on Twitter, I, I put out a decent thread about um, why I'm not so happy with people throwing shade at James all the time for all of his weird workouts and stuff like that. So, you know, I think the guy works extremely hard and I'm happy that he's got the starting job. I hope he does well. I hope uh, I hope he can do a little bit better than the, than the 30 for 30 season that he put up a couple of years ago. Uh, beyond the record books with that being incredible. What? We talk about you talk about the 30 for 30 season. I mean, that was a fantasy guru. Like he, that was an insane fantasy season. And we're a dynasty podcast. Like, would you be fine? That's I'll just ask a question here. Would you be fine as Jameis Winston as your QB one or QB two in Superflex leagues? QB2, absolutely. Uh, I feel like he's one of those guys that you could have bought that, you know, question mark dip a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, and he's a solid option at, at two, and he's still kind of young, right? I believe so. Let's see. Uh, I, mean, I, th- see if I, I thought he was quick. drafted in 2015, so I'm pretty sure he's, like, really young, honestly. He's 27. He's 27. So, yeah, I mean, compared to a lot of these quarterbacks that were taking, like, Tannehill and Stafford, they're, like, 32, 33. I mean, yeah, the dude's got a lot of uh, NFL career left if he, you know, steps up to the plate and does his job. In that 30-for-30 yeah, 30 30 season, he was the number four quarterback. If he can make it 30-for-15, I think he could play another 10 years. I mean, yeah, it doesn't – I mean, it doesn't sound too far-fetched, man, like – we, we, you'd like to see it happen because he is very fantasy friendly. It's kind of like a Fitzmagic situation where like he loves to air it out. He's going to throw a lot of picks and just overall, like it just really helps to support your wide receiver. So all you Marquez Callaway yeah. uh, truthers out there. Yeah. This is your guy right here to uh, That's keep me, him relevant. To st- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Two for Marquez Callaway. James. Where is he center. on the bus? Where, where oh, is he on the train? He's riding right next to me in this conductor car or whatever i mean he's like my plus one i love mark that's an image i want to see i want to see you with like the little conductor hat like shoveling the coal into into the (laughs) train with marquez the two of you Dave chase is down there shoveling the coal peter i'm i'm up top i'm driving yeah you got the you got the kick gloves on the white gloves (laughs) yeah like you ever seen fancy pants you ever seen polar express Mm-hmm. Uh, not a fan we've talked about this i know we've talked about it and whatever but i'm like the conductor i'm taking the tickets and i'm getting the guys on and marquez calloway he doesn't even need a ticket he's on the train that's how good he is. <laughs> all right wrapping up sense. our thoughts wrapping up our thoughts on Jameis. i think you know if he's out there and the owner doesn't like him that much just send him a flyer on it why not we'll see mm-hmm. what happens with him and again if he can make that like a 30 for 15 who knows what kind of asset you got for dynasty moving forward. Absolutely. Next talking point, coach Harbaugh out of Baltimore. He sent us a letter this week and uh, the verifier, Adam Schefter retweeted it. So it must be true. Uh, JK Dobbins torn ACL out for the season. Terrible news. Another reason why we hate preseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how late are you guys feeling? Just a late round flyer on Dobbins and redraft. I mean, in redraft, Dobbins is uh, worthless because he's mm-hmm. out for the year. Uh, but, I didn't mean redraft like that. I meant startup. My bad, guess. Oh, and it's, yeah, no, I, I was just giving you a hard time. But uh, startup, <laughs> I mean, it is dynasty. And, I mean, we will talk about Dobbins today. I'll just spill the beans a little early. But he's 22, um, was drafted in the second round last year. When he was getting going towards the end of the year, I mean, he was putting up a touchdown a game, a great runner. He doesn't have much catching ability, but – 
I really think if he can come back from this injury, Gus Bus is 26, so 22, he'll be 23. Gus Bus will be 27. I'd take the 23-year-old mm-hmm. over the 27-year-old any day. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, just kind of like the ETN thing, if you're win later, 2022 and beyond, this is a great buy low window. Um, I don't worry about Gus Bus becoming a real thing over the next few years. He signed a two-year contract heading into this season, so he's got one more year uh, heading into next year, and you know, Dobbins is a beast and it, he's a little bit format dependent because like Max said, he's not a pr- prolific pass catcher by any means. Um, he's a little reliant in standard scoring, but you know, if you find yourself in a standard dynasty league or a half point PPR dynasty league, I think this is a great time to buy him. Um, if you're compete later. So love the talent, love the rushing attack from Baltimore. So there's a lot to buy into heading into the, the years following this year. Yeah. I, I like JK. I'm not in love with him, and this injury dip makes me definitely not like him. I feel like if I was an owner and I was a little bit more caught in the middle, I really Mm -hmm. don't know what I would do with him, whether I would hold him or just sell and try to get a full rebuild going. Yeah. Uh, But I I think he has – he definitely has his upsides, and if he could just get that pass-catching work going and maybe become, like, the third target in that offense behind Mark Andrews and maybe Bateman in the future – his mm-hmm. fantasy value would go through the roof and he'd be a top 12 pick for sure. Absolutely. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up for our reports from the around, around the realm section. Uh, it's been a fan favorite so far. We're going to keep it going. And uh, if you guys have any topics that you want us to talk about news related or anything like that, follow us on Twitter, give us a little shout out at dynasty monarchy, shoot us a DM and we'll try to talk about it on the show. And we'll even give you a shout out too. Uh, mm-hmm. So without further ado, I think we're going to get into our running back 13 through 24 rankings. This was fun to get together. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of contention here. A lot of the guys in the same spots, but some mm-hmm. guys a lot lower, some guys a lot higher than other guys uh, in our overall rankings at every individual ranking. But we have our consensus and we're going to start out of the West Coast with somebody who I have in the top 10, but for some reason he slipped out. Uh, it's Austin Eckler. Yeah, I mean, I'll kick us off here with uh, Austin Eckler. I'm not huge on him, Peter. I'll explain my reasoning first, and then I'll pass the torch along to Jace. But the age just concerns me. He's with a coach, uh, a new coach there who didn't draft him, who doesn't have any ownership or anything to him there. Um, he's 26 years old. He's coming off a couple injuries. I mean, I feel like the man's hurt almost every year. When he's healthy, I mean, obviously he's a top seven PPR back. And if you're going for a title this year, like we are in the dynasty monarchy league, we have Austin Eckler, mm-hmm. but his age really does scare me. And especially 26, I touched on it a lot last show for running backs. It's tough with a coach that doesn't really believe in you. And you have all those guys that are capable behind you. I mean, it, that's why I rank him so low. And that's why he didn't make the top 12 for me, even though I value him as a top 12 redraft running back, but for dynasty, I just can't put him that high yet. Yeah, I feel much of the same way. You know, he just signed a contract not too long ago, and he's an unrestricted free agent starting in 2024, his age 29 season. So, yeah, 26 is usually just kind of that cutoff in Dynasty where it, if you're, unless you're a competitor, it's time to sell that asset to a competitor and, and start to rebuild off of that. You know, the guy missed a lot of time last year, and I think he's going to have a great year this year, but his long-term aspect or asset, well, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but his... <laughs> His long-term view down the road, it's really not that high just based on the age and 
the the non-committal relationship from the current administration in LA. So, you know, I, I, I think the same I think the same way along the lines of Max. Yeah, he's definitely a depreciating asset. I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, but I just see the upside. And again, these are half point PPR scorings, but he does have the catching side. He has the catching ability, and that offense is going to be very prolific this year where you have a wide receiver one in Keenan Allen, and then Mike Williams is always a question mark. Who else are they going to give the ball to? Hunter Henry's gone. Jared Cook's old. I know they drafted a rookie tight end, but I just feel like the ball has to go through Austin Eckler Mm -hmm. for the offense to be productive. I think this year, and then obviously free agencies, uh, who knows what's going to happen, but I think even in the years to come, uh, he's just such a prolific back with the stats that he puts up every week. And something that I wanted to mention, he stepped in for Melvin Gordon and nobody knew like relatively who he was mm-hmm. and he killed it. He was one of those guys that was just sitting on the bench uh, for the chargers. Nobody really knew who he was and he came in there and worked hard. I think he has that kind of like, I'm still a backup mindset. I recently heard him uh, do an interview. He's a, guy and i know that has nothing to do with the rankings but it just made me really believe in him a little bit more for this year so that's why i'm a little bit more bullish than the other guys around here yeah one thing i wanted to say about osnecker he's really uh, a big fantasy football player himself i saw that he posted on twitter i think it was and it's like if you draft me and you start me post a picture of your lineup and i'll like pick three winners to send a signed jersey to so a lot of players are like oh i don't care about your team osnecker's like pick me i'm gonna score you some points so i think that's pretty cool yeah, absolutely. I think that's really cool. Just kind of harmonizing real NFL football and fantasy football for all of us. So I like that connection a lot. And one thing I, I just want to bring up real quickly, he has never been over 135 carries um, uh-huh. throughout every year he's been in the NFL since 2017. So, you know, the age is definitely concerning, but more to Peter's point, how he views him, he really doesn't have that much wear on his tires. He's, you know, um, really light in the carry department. I know he's mostly a predominantly a, a pass catcher, but he's only been over a hundred targets one time and his highest other than that was 65 targets in a season. So, you know, maybe his dynasty prospects aren't as down, uh, downward facing as I personally think. Yeah. Wrapping up on uh wrapping up on Austin again, he, just like Jay said, he's a little bit lighter on the, on the carries. He has to like for the Chargers to be successful, they have to work through him. Uh, in the offense department, the offensive department, uh, I-, I think he's just a really special talent. But I won't harp on him for too long. We'll move into mm-hmm. our number fourteen pick, who the guys are a lot more bullish on than I am. It's uh, mm-hmm. kind of a reverse reversal here from the last one. It's Clyde Edwards-Helaire from the Chiefs, uh, the former first round, not former first round pick, but last year or two years ago, however you want to categorize it, first round pick mm-hmm. from the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jason and I are both pretty high on him, so I'm, I am going to let Jay start us off here, though, with uh, Mr. Clyde. Yeah, with Clyde, you know, I just feel like last year he had a lot of things going against him, and, you know, you can chalk that up and say that a bunch of rookies last year had the same offseason he had with basically no offseason and no recognition of the offense that they're in. But I don't know. I just look at Andy Reid and what he's done with all these running backs that he's had over the years and their fantasy production, and – Um, I just can't help but to bank on the guy, especially the fact that he came out of LSU just as a pass catching back and in the Kansas city chiefs offense, like I just can't find any more high value than the pass catching back in that, uh, in that offense. And, you know, he's going to get his on the ground too. So I think he's just got a lot of room to grow this season. 
Um, and I think last season and the signing of Le'Veon Bell and his injuries has just really provided a really good um, dip in uh, buying him heading into the season and uh, the years following. I, I just really love him and the upside that he brings to the table. Before yeah, Max, Max, really quick, before you talk, I just wanted to mention one thing about Clyde. The way that he got hit and got carried off the field last year in the playoff game, I'm not trying to laugh at a guy's injury. I thought like <laughs> he was going to have to get his leg amputated. Uh, and that, that like the way he got carried off, he was like not moving it at all. And that's just like, is an image that sticks in my head. So th- there goes like my bias. I'm just saying. Yeah. You have your biases. I have my biases about Austin Eckler. I mean, both have gotten hurt, I guess you could say, but last year, Clyde, he was such a prolific draft pick because like he was drafted so high. And then with, um, Damian Williams sitting out due to COVID, he skyrocketed in value. And I remember last year I took him in the second round of a dynasty startup. And during the season, Peter, I remember we made a trade. It was, I gave you Clyde Edwards, Alaire, and then you gave me Derrick Henry and two first because you were scared of Derrick Henry. And fast forward a couple of years. Still am. You still are. And I just traded Derrick Henry for <laughs> Clyde Edwards, Alaire straight. So I got to lose the two first. But what I'm saying is, He's 22, 23 years old. He's tied to Patrick Mahomes for his whole career in an Andy Reid offense where even last year he played pretty good ball. It's just how high he was drafted. We were expecting him to be like this guy that was putting up 10 yards of carry, touchdowns, all this game. Mm-hmm. Like Jay said, with Le'Veon Bell coming in and everything, like just a lot of stuff went wrong for him. And I think in a year, not with like COVID really pressing down on camp and stuff, getting a full offseason, getting healthy. I really think this guy could finish as a top five yeah. running back. Week one was Absolutely. very promising for him last year. And I think that's what, especially myself. Uh, so it's like the injury and in week one kind of messed with me as a Clyde owner because he went out there and performed. He went out there mm-hmm. and had a great game week one. I was so high on him. And then he was just meh for a lot of the weeks in the, in between. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I feel like if he matures and grows in the offense, he does have that chance. Absolutely. Uh, Jace, do you have anything else on Clyde? Or I mean, yeah, just kind of. Like, I think especially if you're in full PPR, I think he's just going to be one of those, like, I mean, I feel like worst case scenario, he's just going to be one of those boring running backs that you have that just eats up stats throughout the game. You know, I think, you know, 18 to 20 carries a game isn't out of the realm by him, or for him. And, you know, anywhere from three to six um, targets a game isn't out of the realm. So, I think he'll be extra efficient. And I think the only differentiator between him being an RB two and an RB one is that touchdown um, upside from him. You know, last year he only had four touchdowns the entire season or five touchdowns, four of them were on rushing attempts. And, you know, if he just sees that regression go in a positive way, um, you know, and he runs the ball in seven, eight times and catches a couple touchdowns, you know, he's 10 touchdowns and I, I think he's going to have no problem meeting up the statistical categories for running backs. So I just feel like he's really safe and he also provides an extra, uh, just a really good ceiling. I mean, you know, Andy Reid's produced a lot of really fantasy friendly running backs over his years in the NFL. Like his floor is literally what he did last year. And that was still a top 24 RB two, completely fine RB two, you know? Absolutely. All right. On to the next guy who, Definitely, we have a lot to talk about. He's probably one of the most polarizing backs in, in Dynasty. It's DeAndre Swift. 
I, yeah, I'll kick us off here. I don't know if you're going to keep going there, Peter, but um, I personally, I <laughs> no, love Giannis. I, I can't go. I can't go with, with Swift. He freaks you know, me out too much. <laughs> there's a lot of question marks, but listen here. I will explain how much the I Lions. Love you know, Peter, you got to get on the lion train. They play on Thanksgiving, and it's it's just fun to watch them. But <laughs> you're a, you're a Thanksgiving fan. Yeah. Oh, Peter, a thousand. I might be. You can. I might name my team that Thanksgiving fan. But regardless and about Thanksgiving, holidays, Polar Express, whatever you want to talk about, DeAndre Swift, and you talk about he's on the Lions. Yeah, he's on the Lions. And guess who else is on the Lions? No one other than <laughs> Jay Hawkinson. Okay? Dude, Juicy, Juicy's out there. I'm on Raw. Yeah, Juicy, I'm on Raw for sure. Yeah, Juicy's <laughs> out there, but he's a rookie. He has time to develop. And you have sure. Jared Goff, who's this quarterback that's trying to get good again. You can say, Jared, if you're listening, I'm sorry. But you have a coach that uh, Dan Campbell, right? You, we all know Dan Campbell, bite off the kneecaps. Bite their all kneecaps. Stuff. Mm-hmm. He wants to ground and pound that football. He wants to go old school football and pound it down their face, right? DeAndre Swift can do just that. And not only can DeAndre Swift do just that, he's also a very, very good pass catching back. And when Detroit's down by, I don't know, 45 points a game, they're going to throw him the ball. So we talk about Joe Mixon and how high we are on Joe Mixon and all this stuff. DeAndre Swift, to me, he's a younger Joe Mixon. He has that opportunity. They're going to be down. He's going to be in the ball game. I worry about Jamal Williams a little bit, but he's so young and he was so good at Georgia. And we really were starting to see the beginning of him towards the end of last season too. And it stinks. He's been dealing with injuries in camp, but from a dynasty perspective, I love DeAndre Swift, especially in PPR. Sorry. That was like a rant, but I love DeAndre Swift. Hey, look, sometimes you got to let it out. Somebody's been, when somebody's been uh, belittled by the fantasy community, that's your guy. Let it out. Let it out, Max. You got any more? No, I just I love him, and everyone talks trash <laughs> on him because he's on the Lions. Like it's not his fault that he got drafted to the Detroit Lions, and he mm-hmm. it's not Sam Darnold's fault he got drafted to the Jets. Like hundred percent. No, Peter, I agree. Like Sam Darnold, he's a like we'll talk about quarterbacks in a later week. Sam Darnold's a fine QB option, and he's going to do great things in Carolina. I really think this year DeAndre Swift is going to prove a lot of people wrong. And you look at those second-year running backs. You have Swift, Clyde, Gibson, J.K., and Jonathan Taylor. I mean, we're talking about Jonathan Taylor and talking about overpay and everything. You can go out and get Swift for half the price of Jonathan Taylor. And honestly, I really think they'll put up similar numbers this year. That's my take. Is that your hot take? That's my hot take. All right. Jace? Yeah, I mean, I don't have too much to say. The only thing I'll, like, really say is you compared him to Joe Mixon. I would actually change that uh, comparison to Austin Eckler a little bit just because Joe Mixon throughout his time in the league has seen a little bit more carry volume in between the tackles, whereas Eckler is more like your 10 to 14 touch a game through the tackles and, um, you know, up to 10 targets in the passing game kind of guy. So I kind of view him more as like an Austin Eckler option. And, you know, the Lions do, I know, like – you made a point against him being, you know, don't make too big of a point against him being on the lions, but I think that does limit his upside quite a bit in standard and half PPR scoring, just because I don't think they're going to be scoring that often. Um, And I don't think he'll have as many opportunities to run through the tackles into the end zone. I think, you know, in PPR though, you know, just like you said, the dude's so young, um, so talented, so electric out of the backfield. I think he's such a phenomenal pass catcher. So just in PPR, I like really boost him up in my rankings, but in the other scoring formats, I do worry about how much he's going to be able to get into the end zone and what his rushing upside is actually going to be. Yeah. I don't have much to talk about with Swift. Uh, I'm going to keep it short. 
I just feel like the Lions are a cursed franchise, much like my mm-hmm. beloved Jets. Uh, mm-hmm. The last time they had a real fantasy-relevant running back was Adrian Peterson, and he's one of those generational talents. I don't think we're ready to call Swift a generational talent. I think there's so many great running backs that you could get for cheaper mm-hmm. or you can get for a little bit more that'll give you certain reassurances that Swift won't. And See, I'll just leave it at that. Well, before we end this Swift hate, whatever you want to call it, I, I want to ask you guys this. If Jamal Williams wasn't there, how high would you have ranked Swift? I'd probably I have like, him a little bit higher. I'd probably have him a good amount higher too, just because I do fear that Jamal Williams, you know, he came out of Green Bay as a pass catcher. So I worry about how much, you know, he'll lead into his work over the next two years because I believe he signed a two-year deal. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Like I just remember wanting to carry on Johnson to break out, some other Lions running backs. And they just, I mean – Maybe it's, it's like a new a, administration like a and new coaching, but yeah, I just feel like it's a pit and it's just such a committee uh, organization. So I just worry about that a little bit, but you know, I hope he proves me wrong because he, like when I watch him on the field, he is so electric with the ball in his hands. And I think if anyone really wanted to feed him and put him in like an Alva, Alvin Kamara type role, I mean, I think he could handle it for sure. Absolutely. Like great pass catcher electric between the tackles. So I hope they fully unlock him, but just for now, I, I just hesitate in thinking that they will. I do like how you say fully unlocked because the key, it's it's in there. They just got to turn it in. You brought it up. I mean, you brought up a lot of good points, but the Austin Eckler comparison is pretty good because his offensive coordinator is Anthony Lynn, Anthony who was Lynn. Austin Eckler's old coach. So I see the comparison there, pass catching. And like you said, he's elusive. He can – I mean, mm-hmm. he's a very good player, so I hope they can really unlock his true potential. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, don't get confused. We are, I mean, I feel like as a consensus and just straight up dynasty PPR, like, I mean, throw him up way in the rankings, but just across the board, I think the standard and half point PPR hold him back just a little bit, but standard DeAndre Swift to the moon. Yeah. I mean, no. PPR DeAndre Swift to the moon. Yeah, we don't, we don't want him in standard. Now, no, no, no. Excuse me. Excuse me. All right. So after Swift – falls probably my overall favorite back on this tier list not out of uh not out of ranking but i just i just love this back just like max is a champion for deandre so this this will be i'll champion for this next back josh jacobs out of las vegas the man the man is just so young everybody's like oh my god josh jacobs they brought in Kenyon drake oh no like Wah, wah, wah. That's all I hear all day on every single fantasy forum. And yes, it is going to hurt his stock for this year and next year. But okay, this year and next year goes by. He's a 25-year-old running back who's had two top 12 finishes. And that's just assuming the next two years he finishes outside of the top 12. Just because somebody was eating into his pass catching who Mm. shouldn't even be there in the first place. And I'm going to say that again. He is 23 and he has been top 12 both years that he's been in the league. Mm-hmm. He is a prolific, prolific running back. Every single website has him statted so low. I know the other two uh, young gentlemen on this show are very Josh Jacobs slander heavy, uh, <laughs> but I, I cannot get enough of Josh Jacobs, and he is going for such a value. So many fantasy owners hold him in such low regards. Go out there, and I bet you could throw in, you know, like one of your running back two for him, even if your running back two is like Chris Carson, like an older running back two. Like you throw Chris Carson in and like a pick, and you might get mm-hmm. it done because so many people just 
hate the fact that Jay, uh, that Kenyon Drake is there, but just mm-hmm. go out there and try to grab him. He's 23. And again, he has never finished outside of the top 12. But uh, no, I think Kenyon Drake will eat into the carries and eat in the catches more importantly, but he's still 23 and he's so young and so talented. And his story is incredible too. Mm-hmm. His story is incredible, Peter. But so let me ask you this. Like what, like for me and DeAndre Swift, I love his pass catching ability. I love how he's elusive, how he can run through the tackles, how he can get that goal line work, how he can really do it all. Whereas Josh Jacobs, I feel like is kind of one dimensional and he'll, he'll get like 25 to 30 touches a game. But his like pass catching is like it's eh to me, you know. So what what do you like so much about Josh Jacobs? I love the age. I love the age with, with like mm-hmm. a capital L. He mm-hmm. so think about this. At twenty one, he finished as the RB, I think twelve. And then yeah, you at can twenty, keep I'll double check you. Yeah, at twenty he finished as the RB eight. I know that for a fact. Uh, at yeah, uh, twenty two uh, he finished as the RB eight. In stand in 2019, his rookie season in standard scoring, he finished at 14, and then in PPR in 21. So yeah, half PPR, you probably imagine he'd be at the 12 spot. Um, and then last year in standard scoring, he finished in the eight spot, and in PPR, he's finished or he finished in the eight spot as well. So yeah, totally going along with what you're saying. Top 12 back yeah. both seasons he's been in the league, depending on your format. So yeah, yeah. And beyond that, they're a terrible team. Mm-hmm. Right. They have been great with him being terrible and not the best pass catcher. So mm-hmm. imagine when they're down in games and they're going to have to run him out. And I understand they're going to have to run Drake out as well. But this year they're going to be very bad. And I'm again, I feel like I'm coming after every single bad fan base out there. I come from one myself as a Jet fan. <laughs> but no, I, I just feel like he's going to get a lot more work than people think he is. He will get more touchdowns than people think he think he will too because who's going to get the ball there right Mm -hmm. so we have uh waller at tight end who's going to be the primary target two unproven wide receivers in uh brian edwards and henry ruggs Mm -hmm. and then josh jacobs that's it right like like, somebody's got to get the ball there and especially when they're down late they're going to start triple teaming waller they're going to have to figure out something to get the offense going. And I know the key is Josh Jacobs. Yeah. I just, I just worry that, I mean, sorry, there was, there was my rant, Max. No, no, no. You're good, man. But I just worry that they signed Kenyon Drake to be the pass catcher out of that backfield. So in those games, when they're down, I just don't know how much he'll, he'll be on the field for those pass catching downs. Cause for the past two years in 2019, his rookie season, he only had 27 targets and last year only had 45 um, so I don't know. That's just kind of a weak number in and of itself. And then on top of that, I want to shout out to, uh, my guy on Twitter. Um, his name is Jacob Gibbs at J a Gibbs underscore 23 on Twitter. But this is a big stat, um, just to show how games don't tell him the stat, I have don't to. tell him the stat. I know shout out to stat. Jacob Gibbs. This is the <laughs> truth, but the Raiders have the seventh lowest implied win total in the NFL. It's seven wins. Um, and wins, he had, he averages 21.1 fantasy points, 22 carries for 96 yards. And losses, he averages 10.3 fantasy points, wow. which is 15 carries for 65 yards. So, you know, bake the game script dependency into what he is and add on top the fact that he's not going to be much of a pass catcher. Kenyon Drake just signed a two-year deal. If he's there to spell him for two more years, um, what, he'll be 20, let's see. 
heading into his how old 25 right now? yeah he's I mean, 23 he'll be 25 which is still like prime age for a running back yeah but heading to that back end though you know 26 is usually that cutoff we use so i just don't know if he'll ever i mean it's sad but i don't think he'll ever be fully unlocked for you know his potential i do believe he is a relatively good pass catcher and i wish they would use him in that role but i'm just so scared that they signed Kenyon drake to spell him in that aspect so um you know, as he, he does really provide a good value, though, not to spend too much time on it, though. People are really out on him. I find myself finding it just being kind of icked out when his he shows up and it's my time to draft. But he does provide a good uh, value in drafts, absolutely. But I find him more as a solid RB2 uh, in standard half PPR scoring, not so much in full PPR. Yeah, it's just tough because we talk about his age and everything that you have, he has going for him, but he's still getting 250 carries a game. I mean, or not a game. That'd be crazy. But be 250 wild. carries a year. Sorry, move over, Derek Henry. <laughs> <laughs> but 242 his first year, and then his second year, 273. So if right. that pace continues, 300, 325. I get he's younger. But, I mean, he has a tough schedule. I mean, his first weeks are Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Miami. That's not a mm-hmm. defense I want to go against, and you're not going to be able to sell high there. Yeah. Um, so, and he, he plays in a tough division, you know. Kansas City has a good defense. Denver has a good defense. And the Chargers are up-and-coming defense, too. So, it's not like he has an easy schedule. And like you said, Jason, with those wins, I just don't see him winning much game, many games. Yeah, just to finish off, too, I think one thing I want to finish on is that I kind of view him just as a poor man's Nick Chubb, you know. Like, he's going to get the rushing work in that offense. He's a little bit game script dependent, just like Nick Chubb can be. And Kenyon Drake, to me, is the poor man's Kareem Hunt as well. He's signed as a pass catcher, and, you know, he'll step most likely step in to spell him on third down and late in the game. So I just kind of look at that as a poor man's Browns backfield. That's just not as going to be as successful. So that's just my two cents on the matter. With not a good offensive line either. Like That's right. An absolutely nuclear bomb destroyed offensive line not looking great for uh the raiders alex, and alex Senor leatherwood, leatherwood first round <laughs> yeah. pick oh he's the <laughs> answer peter he's the answer <laughs> moving forward enough talk about josh jacobs the the people mm-hmm. that they, they can't take how great he's gonna be you know <laughs> uh we have another guy who's been a little bit of a fantasy enigma and a lot of these guys in the RB2 range for us are going to be have, having those question marks. But it's David Montgomery, Chicago Bears, uh, Justin Fields' is his new best friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'll, ta- I'll start here with David Montgomery, unless, Jace, this is like your, your guy that you're like cuckoo guru over. Is this your guy? Uh, go, ahead, no, go ahead. Not at all. I've been rising on him, but not so much. You start us off, man. Let me pull some stuff up. Yeah, yeah, I'll start us off here. But, I mean, we look at David Montgomery, and for me instantly, I just think of, like, his last year and those last, what was it, four to six games mm-hmm. where he just went on an absolute tear. I mean, we look at his numbers from last year, and he put up, like, 22, 25, 23, 28, 20, 23. And, I mean, they were the easiest cakewalk defenses you'll ever see. But to me, that says something. And we talk about age a lot on the show. And, like, we maybe are too much and too focused on age. But he's 24 years old. And when he first came out of, I think it was Iowa or Iowa State, I loved him. I thought his rookie year he was going to have a breakout year and all this stuff. And I've seen videos of him in camp telling Matt Nagy, like, give me the ball. I want to run this, this, and that. And I think with Justin Fields, I really think Fields will open up that offense and make it more 
so that they have to focus on A-Rob, they have to focus on Cole Komet, Darnell Mooney, and they have these weapons on the outside where David Montgomery really can and will do great things in that offense. And I think at 24 years old, he'll do really well. But what yeah, do you think I, about Fields' opportunity to uh, like take those rushing yards away from him and those like little dump-offs? We saw Fields run once in the preseason, and everyone's like, oh, Fields is this rushing quarterback and everything. Like, yeah, Fields has the ability to run, but he's not like Trey Lance, you know? So I don't think it's going to be the same thing as, like, people say about Trey Lance or anything. I think Montgomery, I mean, he gets his feed, you know? Those last games, he was getting 25 to 30 touches a game. And they've mm-hmm. thrown the ball. I mean, he was getting eight, five, five. Like, he was getting probably over 70 targets last year if you mm-hmm. add them all up. So I think he's got the upside in the passing game and in the rushing game, too. Yeah, um, I feel like a lot of people feel like Tariq Cohen last year went out a lot later in the season that he did. And I feel like people correlate Montgomery's strong season finish to Cohen going out. Cohen went out in week three last year. Um, and in weeks one to three, Montgomery had three targets in the passing game in each of those games. And once Cohen came out, you know, six, eight, five, five, five targets a game. So a lot of work in the receiving game, as long as, you know, close to, you know, 15 to 20 touches a game, um, in the, uh, the rushing game. I just think the biggest key to him, you know, I really believe in his ability between the tackles and to bounce off of tackles, his yards after carry. I really believe in him in that aspect. I worry about Chicago a little bit, but the the full key to unlocking him is going to be if Tariq Cohen truly gets phased out of this offense and David Montgomery steps into a three down role. Um, I think that's his biggest upside play. You know, I don't know how much Chicago is going to be able to support like a true like top five running back, but I definitely think he's got like top 10 to top, uh, top 12 upside. And the dude is only 24 years old, turning 25. So he's got some tread left on the tires for sure. So I'm somewhat excited about him. I see a decent amount of upside for him, but it's all dependent on if Cohen gets phased out of that offense. Really quick, guys. Uh, I have some breaking news. Oh, no. Whoa. So you're going to hear this on this show. This will be the only place you're ever able to hear this news. So I want everybody to listen. Mm-hmm. I have a spoiler for the Jake Paul fight. I just found out who won. You guys want to know? <laughs> I'm curious. I am curious. Please tell me, Peter. Now, if you don't want to know, just uh, skip forward 30 seconds. We won't talk about it too long. But, you know, this is the only place you're going to be able to hear it. So don't look to Twitter. Don't look anywhere else. We're the only place. <laughs> Who I'm do you guys think, to know. Won? Who I do you think, think won? I know Jake Paul was the favorite, and I know that they like for him to win, but I think Woodley won. Yeah, I got to vote Woodley as well. You know, I can't ever put any stock behind Mr. Paul, so – Hopefully Jake Paul live. split decision. No. <laughs> what, what does that even mean? No. The Cleveland boy. No, we don't. We don't own. I mean, we don't rep that. Nope. You know, there was no knockouts or anything that just split. <sighs> Yikes. That's so lame. Pick up Jake That's Paul like, in your fantasy fighting fighting leagues, you know, by low or by Jake, high, whatever Jake it is. Jake Paul thinks he can beat Miles Garrett. I think the dude needs to go see a doctor. <laughs> Oh, All right. man, we won't sad. we won't stick on it for too long but the only duel the only duel that we saw today uh, had a certain winner we won't spoil it for anybody that just skipped forward but you know what <laughs> sad maybe cleveland maybe cleveland's cool again no cool. we're Peter, not we're less cleveland. cool 
We got Swenson's. Sorry. It's dope. Swenson's is cool. Shout Any out Clevelanders Swenson's. out there. Shout I need to hit, I need boy. to hit it up next time. Get me some for Mitchells. Sure. If anybody oh, wants to sure. get send me Mitchells, I'll open up a PO box. Oh, you'll open up a P.O. box. This is great. I will open up a P.O. box. If you Why can can't I just some... send it to your house? Is, is your house like oh, no, I can't. except it... Mitchell's? Too many uh, fans. Yeah, the, I don't want the fans knowing where I live. <laughs> it's not about me oh, or my family's protection. It's about my cat's protection. Uh, mm. I, I don't want anybody kidnapping him. Uh, catnapping him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but getting back into the David Montgomery talk, what were we saying, Jace? Uh, I don't really remember. I think mostly it's just based on, you know, he's he'll be his best when Tariq Cohen gets phased out of the offense. So if Tariq Cohen really does get phased out, um, I, I do believe Montgomery has top 12, the to top 10 uh, dynasty upside for sure, just based on his age and his utilization and what he was able to do at the end of the season. So I know there are patty cake matchups, but I'm chasing volume and if Cohen's out. He's going to get the volume. Yeah, uh, I definitely think he will, too. I'm a huge David Montgomery guy. I had an opportunity to get him in redraft, not startup. Mm-hmm. I'm learning mm-hmm. the difference. I had the opportunity to get him in redraft, but I, I picked my boy Josh Jacobs over him. I'm starting to mull over this, the decision. I don't know. I probably <laughs> wish I took David Montgomery. I feel like he'll be a lot better this year than Jacobs will be. Uh, but Jacobs is my boy, so I'm going to stick with my boy, though. We shall uh, see. Moving forward, number 18, a little bit of a surprise pick for the Dynasty community, uh, but we're bold over here at Dynasty Monarchy. The, the, mm-hmm. three, mo- the three monarchs, Max, me, and Jace. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have J.K. Dobbins still cracking the top 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll start us off here. I mean, for me, it's pretty short and it's pretty simple. It really comes down to age and opportunity. I mean, Baltimore is probably one of the more run-first-oriented offenses. He's 22 years old, and I touched on it before, as Gus is 26, 22. Like, you add the ages up, whatever. It's an ACL, so it's not that concerning to me. I think he needed a full year of rest, and I really think this can help him become a better player. He'll have to work towards something. He can work on his pass catching and stuff like that. So, I mean, we have him at 18, but the guys that we're going to talk about later, like, obviously, we would rather have J.K. over but they're guys that are older and just not like they don't really have as much upside as JK does. So as JK comes back next year and really hits, I mean, I can really see him going up even higher in our rankings, to be honest. Yeah. I just think with JK, you know, it's really a bummer about his injury, especially heading into this year and standard half point PPR, you know, he's about as good as it gets for 10 touchdown upside and that offense and the way they like to ground and pound and the way they like to scheme up their running backs. But, you know, just overall, the one thing that I want to touch on is it's just an ACL. I believe there's maybe there might be some MCL am, uh, oh, damage, but you just know, an ACL. Have, you know, I know, but <laughs> the science the science is so good now. I'm kidding. Like, I'm kidding. Y- yeah, you know, I get you, but you know, the ACLs are. I feel like they're just a thing of the past now. People can bounce back for sure and get back to full strength, if not better. So. You know, I think right now, if you're compete later and not compete now, I'd be buying up all the J.K. Dobbins shares I possibly could because Gus Bus just signed a two-year uh, contract. And, you know, next year, I mean, we'll, we'll see what he'll be able to produce this year, let alone next year as he ages. So I think, especially in half-point standard scoring, you, you got to go out and buy yourself some dynasty J.K. Dobbins for sure uh, if you're win later. I, yeah. I, I just think he's going to be beast. He might lack a little bit in volume, but the efficiency is going to be through the roof. 
dynasty fantasy football is a lot like the stock market, right? Mm-hmm. Where these players have values that go up and down. And, you know, if we can take a little bit of advice from possibly the greatest trader of all time and Warren Buffett, he says, I never hate a dip. He's like, I, I always love the dip. I've never mm-hmm. seen a dip that I don't want to buy. Right. That's right. So when I see JK Dobbins, this is your chance. Absolutely. This is your chance to get one of those top tier next level running backs now. Mm-hmm. Not not a couple weeks from now when oh you hear that the surgery went well or you can't let these owners have any good news mm-hmm. float their way cuz they'll just hold on to them and let them sit on that IR spot all summer yeah. long. Yeah, one all thing I would long. say is you know maybe if there's a contender out there in your league that has him and he has really good running back depth and they're compete now Wait till the middle of the season just a little bit if you look at the roster and you think you know, they're going to be competing hard this year. You know, when it comes, you know, week five, week six, and that team needs a wide receiver, they'll be looking at J.K. Dobbins like a third-round pick. They just want them off the roster, and they want someone that will help them get to a championship. So look at your team context. Look at who owns them, what they're truly going to be um, heading into this season in your dynasty league. If they're competing now, I would wait a little bit because, you know, I was a vi- I fell victim to it last year. I sold Odell Beckham Jr. after he tore his ACL for pennies on the dollar just because I was win now. So, right to me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it was like David Johnson in a pick or something gross like that. But, David Johnson in a second-round yeah, pick. Yeah, when the pools start flying and records start getting tallied up, people will overpay, absolutely. So, you know, assess where you're at. Uh, consult public opinion like the last episode we talked about take a look at team context and, you know, try to identify a good window to buy him because I think this year is the, the correct time to absolutely yeah. buy him at a great dip. Absolutely. Uh, moving forward, we have my favorite rookie. Again, not my the best rookie, but my favorite rookie from this running back class. It's Javonta Williams from the Denver Broncos. You know, everybody's just trying to think what week is he going to start getting that real big load because they know they're moving off of Melvin Gordon but I think Max might have a little bit of insight on why we love Javante so much. Yeah, I mean, I personally love Javante because Denver traded up to get him. I mean, when you're mm-hmm. trading up in a draft and giving up like good draft capital to go and get your guy, I mean, that says a lot to me. And they have a guy there, Melvin Gordon, who's been through so many injuries and teams and all this like different things that like, he's not impressive to me. And I really think that Denver offense is going to take that next step with Judy and Sutton. And I don't know Mm -hmm. if Teddy Bridgewater is the answer there, but I think Javante has like a certain skill set that really could open up that offense. He has breakaway speed and he's just like very, very a good, like he's a very good runner. And Mm -hmm. he, he played at North Carolina with Michael Carter. And I know Peter is barely big on Michael Carter and we are here too at the dynasty. Waning. As, as, yes. the day, as the days go on, it is waning. But, yes, I am big but, on him. I mean, we see Michael Carter and what he can do at the Jets. We have to remember that Javonta Williams was starting in front of him at North Carolina. So, obviously, the dude's very talented. And if Denver's trading up picks to go get their guy, I love that. And I think that he's, like, a great dynasty asset because of his age and the draft capital they invested in him. Yeah, I, I don't have too much to add. I mean, I watched him in the preseason. I thought he looked extremely spry and youthful and electric out of the back, backfield, especially compared to Melvin Gordon. But I do think, you know, this might be a committee for the, the first half of the season. If anything, I kind of view him heading into this season as Cam Akers for the Rams last year. Yeah, uh, I, I think he's really going to come into his own in the second half of the season. So up until that point, I think his price is going to be low. 
And, you know, I kind of always talk about what think people are going to look like heading into the upcoming season. I think his low rushing totals and low production at the beginning of the season um, will provide a good buy low window because I do think Melvin Gordon will be around, you know, he's 28 years old, but he does get the job done and they do love him there. So um, I, I would just be really trying to buy him just kind of like the JK Dobbins or ETN. I think he's more of a, you know, if, unless you're a competitor and you need to make a final push, I say grab him for sure. But 2022 and beyond, I think is really when he's going to make his um, most impactful um, spot to your fantasy team. Per se. Yeah. If you're a win later team and you see like Javonta Williams out there and you want him, he's pretty hard to get right now. But what you mm-hmm. got to try to find is a window of opportunity to get him, right? Mm-hmm. So there's three things that are certain in life, like death, taxes, and the fact that a running back is going to get injured at some point in the season. Whether it's like a <laughs> tiny tweak to this or that, right. they are going to get hurt at some point. Right. That's when you got to be buying up that Javonta Williams stock. Let's say he like tweaks his ankle and like rolled it. Oh, and he's Mm -hmm. hobbling to the sideline for his rolled ankle. And you're a win later team. Go and offer that contender something. Go and offer that guy who's sitting in the middle something. Go go try to offer something and try to buy a little bit lower on him because his value is very high right now for a lot of these fantasy owners. For sure. Uh, But moving on to our number 20, we're in the home stretch now. Uh, Chris Carson from the Seattle Seahawks in that new revamped Seahawks running game. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that I love about Chris Carson is that the offensive coordinator and Pete Carroll, they want to get him the football. I mean, they basically this off season, for those that don't know, they redesigned the whole offense so that they could run the football more, which to me, I don't, it doesn't really make much sense because when Russell Wilson was cooking and like throwing the football and airing it out, I thought that like their offense was 10 times better, but that's not what Pete Carroll thinks. So they redesigned it. And Chris Carson, if he can stay healthy, he's going to be an absolute monster. I mean, they drafted Rashad Penny in the first round. The dude, I mean, I don't even think they'd spent a seventh <laughs> rounder on him now, but they already drafted him. So they have to live with that decision. But mm-hmm. the Rashad Penny is not much of a competition at all. Chris Carson's going to be a workhorse running back. And he, he pass catches, he runs. I mean, he can really do it all. And he's in a prolific offense like Seattle. So I love Chris Carson, but the age brings him down for me a little bit. Yeah, I don't have too much to add at all. You know, the dude's about to turn 27 in a uh, couple weeks here. And uh, that's kind of a scary age. So for me, he's just, if you're a competitor, go out and get him. His dra- I mean, draft price and his trade value, they're both relatively cheap, especially in a dynasty format. I would go out and get him. Just like Max said, they want to ground and pound. And if he can stay healthy, he'll be the best back um, in that backfield. Rashad Penny, you know, that dude, we talk about Joe Mixon being made out of glass. Rashad Penny is made out of glass. And I don't worry too much about DJ Dallas. So if he's healthy, this entire backfield is going to be his. And they're going to be scoring a lot of points. So I, he, he's a compete now target. Other than that, if you're compete later, you, you got to go and sell him to a competitor for sure. The wheels are close to falling off as he's turning 27. Where are my Rashad Penny fans at? Anybody out there? Uh, crickets, crickets, crickets. Peter, I know you're a Rashad <laughs> Penny fan. No, Chris Carson is going to be great, and he's the one back there. The only thing that I have heard, and these are rumblings, is that Rashad Penny is going to start getting more carries. It is going to be more of a running back by committee than it has been in the past. And with Penny being out the entire year last year, the games that Chris Carson was in, he got a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And again, they put a high 
draft capital pick into Rashad Penny. So just be careful of that. And, you know, if you see the, the warning signs are coming, if you start seeing that in games, maybe you can try to sell high on Chris Carson in a, uh, in a game that he pops. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying the wheels are probably going to start falling off and just look out for that Rashad Penny uh, kind of pop-up game. Yeah. To, but, yeah. but, Peter, they you know, say that carries. every year. They say that Rashad Penny's going to break out this year and do this, this, and that, and they're, they're going to do this. But they never, they never do it. And it's like, I don't know. I touched on Chris Carson already, but I, I just like I drop him so low because I don't even think his team trusts him. They want to run the ball, but they have Alex Collins. They have DJ Dallas. They have Rashad Penny. They have Chris Carson. Like it's an issue. If I can name four running backs on your team, like shouldn't be able to do that. I feel like if you're going to be a horse running back, this is true. All right. Moving to a running back by committee as well but each of these guys has a different role. We have uh, the one, the only Kareem Hunt. Uh, he has a different name, uh, but I won't mention that name here. Uh, but Kareem Hunt from <laughs> once, once the Kansas City Chiefs uh, now to the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, my man Kareem. I mean, he obviously has a, a soft place in my heart because he's a Brown. And he also knocked me out of the playoffs last year. Um, Ooh. It was Max, really- tell the story. It was a Monday night game versus the Ravens, and I was up by like 25 points or something, and he just had Kareem Hunt left, and I had the Browns kicker, so I thought I was pretty locked up, but uh, that was the game Kareem had two touchdowns and about 100 yards so with some catches. So it was tough and lost the playoff matchup. It was probably the hardest fantasy loss I've taken, honestly. And what round of the playoffs was that? That was the first round, I think. Ooh, yeah couldn't get the wheels off the ground no (laughs) but neither here nor there Kareem Hunt he's one of those guys where he's 26 but the Browns did just lock him up to a contract extension last year but he's one of those guys that he doesn't really have a high upside unless Nick Chubb goes down you know Mm -hmm. he has his own role in that offense he's going to catch the ball coming on third downs give Nick Chubb a breather but for the most part that offense is ran through Nick Chubb I mean he's going to run the ball first and second down and on the goal line so I know they like to share and step out at the one and give each other touchdowns and stuff like that but he's just too inconsistent for me and especially in a dynasty perspective I don't feel comfortable having him as an art running back too and I sure as heck don't feel comfortable having him like in a dynasty format if I'm win later. So for that reason, I'm more out on Kareem than I am in. Really quick, Max. Yeah. Was that the was that the Lamar uh, was that the Lamar poop game? That was the Lamar <laughs> poop game where he ran the locker room and Trace McSorley throw it on a dime. He came in and yeah, that was that game. Very cold game. <laughs> he claimed he didn't. He wasn't pooping, but that looked like it, a poop we know. to me. Come on. <laughs> Same with Paul Pierce. We've all Same been with there. Paul Pierce. Yeah. Paul yeah, Pierce said nah. they go out on a on a wheelchair though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. It wasn't that bad. He he was still able to get up on his two feet, but that was definitely a poop walk for sure. The little the little shuffle into the uh-huh, locker. Uh huh. Yeah, we've all been there, you know. But Kareem Hunt, you know, I, I got to agree with, a lot with Max. You know, his upside really is capped by Nick Chubb and the contract that he signed there. But if you're one RB, uh, and for me, you know, if you're compete later, compete now, he's much the same to me. If you're just a one RB strategy, I think there's no other second back to your one RB strategy than Kareem Hunt. Because I do think, you know, a lot of it's based on efficiency, but he will have a role that you can most likely flex. And on top of that, if Chubber goes down, you know, you got yourself a locked and loaded RB one. So um, 
I it, it it stinks that his upside is capped just by a Nick Chubb injury, but at the same time, if you're in full point PPR, he'll give you a decent floor and as a flex play. And you know, God forbid Nick Chubb goes down, you got yourself a locked and loaded guy. So, yeah, I I know he's just kind of stuck in the middle just because of that contract and where he signed and what that offense looks like. Yeah, I I love Kareem Hunt, but. I love him the most when he's in flex, like in the flex position. He right. is my favorite flex to have in any league for mm-hmm. his any whether it's redraft, startup, or uh, like any other kind of league, keeper, whatever kind of league you're playing. I, I love mm-hmm. him in that. Uh, just not no PPR, just uh, no standard. Yeah, right. Uh, but super having flex, Kareem, and you feel comfortable having Kareem as your super oof. flex? Hold yeah, on, I feel like he's just more of a just more of like a safe floor play, you know, just kind of like a chase Edmonds almost, you know, he's going to catch the ball. I mean, actually probably less than chase Edmonds just because, you know, I think chase Edmonds probably has got some more upside to carry the ball and probably catch a little more, uh, a few more passes, but yeah, I, it's just, he's such a floor play to me. Unless Chubb goes out, the ceiling's probably really not there. Um, unless yeah. he scores a couple touchdowns late in the game. Yeah. No, I can't say anything about Hunt that hasn't already been said by uh, by Max and Jace at this point. Let's move on because mm-hmm. he's. I, I don't want to harp and say the same exact thing over and over again. He's a great back. If you're win now and you can put him in your flex in a deeper league, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's still not super old, which is yeah. Nice I think he's 25, hear. turning 26, so stepping into you know the best years of his career, the peak of his career for sure. Yeah, before he starts to step down the ladder. Uh, at number 22, we have a guy who fell off this year. He was probably in that 13, 14, 15 range for me last year, but he has mm-hmm. completely fallen off a cliff. It's Miles Sanders from the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm, you talk about a downfall. I mean, everything that could have went wrong for this dude, I feel like just went wrong. Every I single mean, thing. Every mm-hmm. single thing. He was, I mean, behind Saquon at Penn State. So that, I mean, that's already strike one for him and just unlucky <laughs> because Saquon's a generational talent. Mm-hmm. And then he gets to Philadelphia and they didn't draft him too high, but they drafted, they spent good capital on him. I think it was second or third round pick. And he had a pretty solid rookie year. And I know I was expecting a lot from him last year. I mean, right. coming into Philadelphia on a team that doesn't have many weapons, they drafted Jalen Rager. That's how deep their weapons were. And Alshon Jeffrey was fighting for a spot. They just have a bunch of old heads. And don't forget Travis really- Fulgham. Travis Fulgham, yep. He's competing to make the roster. JJ, JJ Ortega Whiteside over DK Metcalf. Remember that? No, I remember that. So, I mean, he was supposed to be the focal point of that offense. And really the only thing that kept him fantasy relevant last year was those 80-yard rushes that he'd have versus the Saints and the Steelers, and I think it was the Ravens. And they were like, I don't know, maybe you can not call it a fluke because he did it three times, but – I think they were lucky and you take those away. I just don't think he's a very good fantasy back at all last year. And then from that addition, you bring in Kenneth Gainwell, you bring in Jordan Howard, you bring in all these running backs and you're like, Oh, we don't trust Miles Sanders at all. How am I from a dynasty perspective supposed to trust this guy? If his own team doesn't even want to keep him as the main running back. Uh, Mm -hmm. I had him in the main dynasty league last year uh, that we were Mm -hmm. running. I had the benefit of having Devontae Adams and Stefan Diggs in my wide receiver spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I didn't have them in my wide receiver spots, I would I would have been so bad. My team would have been god awful <laughs> because Sanders was the king of putting up like 11 points, 12 right. points, 
And then he would have a game where he puts up like 15 because he breaks an 80 yard run. But like into right. the fourth quarter, he had like six points. Like he was, he was just so inconsistent and showed the team that he couldn't catch the ball. He showed the team so many different things of why they should be out on him. And mm-hmm. however you want to talk about Howie Roseman, uh, the GM of the Eagles, he realized he saw the tape. He said, he's got explosive power, but I don't trust this guy for every single down. Uh, so he's going to definitely get his carries limited. They brought in Kenneth Gainwell, who is the best pass catching back out of the draft class, arguably with Travis Etienne. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Boston Scott is in camp, apparently splitting first team reps with him. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't even know what to think. He is just, he's a ticking time bomb for me. And I just don't want to be caught holding that bomb when it explodes. Yeah. I just to go along with that. I think this is the last year. If you have him sell him for whatever you can get, just because, you know, Boston Scott, it looks like he's going to get his carries on the ground and they brought in um, Kenneth Gainwell and he's a prolific pass catcher with a lot of bursts. So, you know, I just worry he's just going to be a piece in a, a three headed monster. And on top of that, we know Jalen hurts is going to run too. So how big is that rushing pie actually going to be? And if anything, I just, you know, I I view him as the Wolf, like the 2017 Will Fuller at running back position uh, at the running back position. You're just going to be banking on four games out of the 17 game season for him to just, you know, break off an 85 yarder. Um, I just, you know, we, you got to chase volume and fantasy and he's just going to be completely baked on efficiency um, from a game to game basis. So, I'm out on Miles Sanders. He's just go go get what you can get from him. Absolutely. Are we uh, so on our proverbial train mm-hmm. where Max is up front being the conductor, and he's mm-hmm. got all of his little fantasy buddies, and we got Jamar Chase down shoveling coal. Do we have Sanders shoveling coal as well? Yeah, for I, sure. I honestly don't even want him on the train. I mean, I don't know what he's not it is. even worth it. No, it's just like when I hear the name, I really do get grossed out. And it's like, I know Jace does too. Yeah. And we were trying to work out a three-way trade or something earlier this offseason. And it's like, no one wanted the guy. And the name to me just, oh, it just brings me disgust <laughs> yeah. and agony. Cringe. Yeah, it's just, it's such a booger. I feel like he'll just be like Jamar Chase, you know, he'll be like, he'll just be trying to use that top end 85 yard touchdown speed to catch up with the train. He's, he's really not allowed on. I'm Tom Hanks and polar express and <clears throat> you are not allowed on the train, sir. Get off. He can't, he can't hear the bell. No, he, no. Can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he can't hear the bell. Uh, and again, I know we've been bashing some of these guys, but it's slim pickings at running back. And the only reason some of these guys find their way onto the list is because of their age. Uh, And Sanders is still young and he has shown flashes, but it's going to be a lot to overcome that roster construction in Philadelphia. For sure. Uh, Moving on to number 23, another surprise pick given recent news. Uh, We go back down to Jacksonville for Travis Etienne uh, out of Clemson. I'll kick us off, I guess. I don't have much to say about Etienne just because we haven't seen much of him yet. Uh, We touched on him a little bit earlier with the injury and everything. I mean, the only reason he's on this list is one, because of where he got drafted and two, because of his age. I mean, he hasn't played a single snap in the NFL. So it, I guess you could say it's bold of us to put him on this list. But I really think that he has the skill set. And I know, Peter, you touched on him being like the next Alvin Kamara. I mean, Urban Meyer, for what it's worth, Coach Meyer, whatever you want to call him, they did draft him in the first Coach. round. So that's why. Yeah, Coach Meyer. 
Um, he did a lot of great things at Clemson, and it helps that he has Trevor Lawrence. But coming out off uh, an injury like this, I mean, Jay's touched on it with Hollywood Brown and everything. You don't really know what you're getting, and especially from the running back position. So that's why he's definitely lower on our list than as before this injury. So I'm more so out than I am in on him. But the running back class, like after this, it gets really gross. I mean, we think Miles Sanders is gross. I mean, you're looking at guys that just like you need a couple injuries to see the field. So ETN where he is, where he is because of the class and everything like that. But for that reason, I'm just out on ETN. Yeah. I mean, I just think he's kind of like Dobbins personally. I think this is a fantastic injury dip to buy if you're compete later and especially PPR, you know, um, he came out of college and um, his best attribute coming out of college was his pass catching ability. And who was he catching passes from his current teammate, Trevor Lawrence. So, you know, James Robinson, as much as I like love his talent and love what he's been able to do and produce in fantasy, um, he's a restricted free agent in 2023. That administration and, and the coaching staff doesn't have an investment in him at all. He's just free points to them, basically. So I do worry about how they're going to handle James Robinson um, heading into the future. And, and that just speaks to um, how I think it's going to support Travis Etienne really, you know, develop into a possible three down back. You know, I don't know. I don't love how he goes in between the tackles, especially on a Jacksonville team that I think is going to be bad, but you know, that pass catching volume is just such a difference maker in fantasy, especially in PPR leagues. So I think right now, if you're not a contender, I think you go out and try to buy this guy at the cheap and um, you know, kind of like I was saying earlier with Dobbins, you know, find a contender, that maybe has some running back depth and see if you can sell an aging wide receiver for him later in the year um, when someone's trying to compete for a title. Yeah, I can't add any more. It's literally our copy-paste argument with J.K. Dobbins, but J.K. Dobbins has, number one, played an NFL snap, and we know what he's like out there on the field. And number two, has a greater, I would say, opportunity. I wouldn't say ceiling yet. Uh, but mm-hmm. has a greater opportunity with that rushing volume in Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then moving to our last pick 24, wrapping it all up, bringing it on home. The train's coming to a stop for the day. We have Michael Carter from the New York jets, or as some people like to call him Javonta Williams backup at North Carolina. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> what I call him. I mean, Peter, I think it's only fitting uh, you as a jet fan should start us off here. Uh, I got to see him practice in person. Uh, I was tweeting from my Dynasty Monarchy Twitter. It's uh, at PCAT underscore DMP. DMP mm-hmm. as in David. Uh, he has the best dance moves on the Jets. <laughs> Style points, right? That, yeah, will, that will get you some fantasy points. Do I have to say anything else? Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean uh, we're a fantasy <laughs> podcast, not a dance podcast. Uh, <laughs> Are we? No, no. no <laughs> well, but. one thing I would like to add is just, I, you know, I catch myself every once in a while getting really excited for Michael Carter, just because I look at the names ahead of him and I'm like, Oh, Tevin Coleman, like when's the last time he was healthy? Um, and Ty Johnson, like when has he ever even been relevant? So I, I just see the path for Michael Carter, you know, but at the same time, I was thinking back on when I was looking at this rookie class before the, before the draft and Michael Carter just always seemed kind of boring scat backy to me. And I am worried that I'm buying too much into the Michael Carter hype of him becoming this potential three down back. 
Um, but I just, you know, he was playing behind Javante for a reason. So I worry about his ability in between the tackles a little bit. I don't know if he's the, the biggest burst guy, but you know, from a PPR standpoint, like I think you could see it, uh, a James white role totally becoming um, just to be in this guy's future um, just because pass catching is his best ability. So, you know, in a three down back, I think I've said this in an earlier episode, the hardest part of becoming a three down back is catching the ball. And he has that skill. I just worry that he might not be the greatest in between the tackles um, at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, really sorry. quick. If I could just get back on my Michael Carter uh, go ahead, mm-hmm. go ahead. tangent, the, the absolute <laughs> rant I was going on. Uh <laughs> No, I, I think he'll work in the offense, but my hesitancy is that I've seen him in camp in person. Mm-hmm. I've watched every single Jets preseason game, and the the quarters that I haven't been able to watch are like the certain drives, you know, maybe I was mm-hmm. making a sandwich or something, figuring dinner mm-hmm. out with my family. Mm-hmm. I watch all the highlights uh, on YouTube, and mm-hmm. he just doesn't have that pop. And believe right. it or not, Ty Johnson's got that pop for that Jets offense. And a lot of Jets Twitter think Ty Johnson's going to be the number one back in that that backfield to start the season. Lord knows with what happens throughout the course of the season. But Michael Carter has definitely fallen on my list. And being a Jets homer, it was hard for me to even put him on the list, to be honest. Wow. That says a lot, Peter. Uh, I just have one thing to say. Uh, about Michael Carter, uh, different than what you guys have said. And I think a lot of the success that Michael could, Michael could, Michael Carter could have in the (laughs) NFL really does depend on Zach Wilson and how he progresses as a quarterback. Um, If Zach Wilson likes to dump the ball off more and Michael Carter has that pass catching ability, then I think he could see that work and like his role could really expand. And also it has a lot to do with the game script. I mean, if Zach Wilson can keep them in the game where they're running the ball enough, I think Michael Carter could be a viable fantasy option this year and moving forward. Um, but it does say a lot coming from you, Peter, that you didn't even want to put him on this list. I mean, I know you were really big on him. You took him in the first round of our rookie draft. So, Oh, yeah. I was it, huge. Yeah. No, I was, I was big on him too coming out of college, and I think that he has no burst, um, no breakaway speed really. But – I think he does have that pass catching ability. And I think on the jets, that's what they're kind of missing. I don't know. Tevin yeah. Coleman, like Jay said, he, he, I don't know how he's in the NFL. I really don't. And Ty Johnson right. has that burst. So he's got a lot of friends. Yeah, a lot of friends in the NFL. Right. So yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, but I think as a rookie and with Zach Wilson as his quarterback, I think he could really do great things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And anybody else? Yeah, one thing, I mean, just one more, like, little comparison at the end. I kind of look at Michael Carter as a poor man's um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire just a little bit, um, just because his pass-catching ability was his best ability coming out of college, and Clyde's never had that breakaway speed. I just think he's going to be a low-end stat eater. You know, hopefully he gets a decent amount of carries in the future heading into this season and the next season, depending on, you know, where Tevin Coleman and uh, Ty Johnson go, but – you know, I, I just think he'll end up being a boring flex, to be honest. Um, I felt like I was a lot higher on him in the offseason, uh, you know, just a, the last couple of weeks. But now I'm starting to sober up a little bit. And I don't know. He just seems kind of boring on a, on a Jets team that's really young and I don't think is going to put many points on the board for the next couple of years. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Michael Carter's that like fun Friday, Saturday, like Sunday night back where you're like, you got a couple beers in you, you, you know, you're, you're loose, you're having fun. You'll be like, yeah, car, you know, he's gonna have a great year. 
and then you kind of get ready for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. You're like, uh, yeah, I got a little bit know. of that, that anxiety. Wake up the yes. next day and you're like, what did I do last night? Why did I draft Michael Carter so high? Yeah. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up for the show today. Uh, we just have our quote from a fellow monarch. And this week's is going to be from Max. Yes. First one from Max. Let's hear it. Yeah, yeah. it's from me. So uh, I chose to go with one of my favorite people, past figures, you could say. And that is from Alexander Hamilton. Mm. And he says, those who stand for nothing fall for anything. And I think this can relate to the Dynasty Monarchy podcast because you have to have beliefs in Dynasty football. I mean, we can sit here and talk about our rankings all day long, and we, you can draft a running backs just as we say them. But at the end of the day, it's, it's what you have. And one of our good friends, Alex, he has got this thing. It's the gut check. And oh. he goes by his gut, you know, so good check. That's right. So <laughs> you got to follow your heart. And especially in dynasty football, you got to not be afraid to call your shot, whether it's me with DeAndre Swift or Peter thinking Josh Jacobs, Josh whatever Jacobs, it is, Jace loves Clyde, like we all <laughs> have Chase. our guys, Fade <laughs> Chase. That's right. So we all have our guys that we love, but just don't be afraid to plant your it? flag, plant your flag yeah. and, You'll fall for anything if you don't. So I wish all you fellow kings and queens good luck and follow your gut. Yeah, for so, sure. I got nothing more else to add. That was just a completely well said, man. Thank that's going to be it from us. I think that might be my favorite quote so far, Fred. For sure, well, man. That was awesome. Alexander Hamilton. No doubt. Represent. All right. That's going to wrap it up for us over at the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Give us a follow on apple pod and spotify follow us on twitter at dynasty monarchy d-y-n-a you know the rest uh <laughs> peace out guys and i uh, love you all yeah take it easy see you next time thank you for listening to the dynasty monarchy podcast fancy some fantasy advice tweet or dm at dynasty monarchy on twitter until next time Farewell, my fellow kings and queens.